Kevin, thanks so much for, for being a guest on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, can you talk about your story with um, your sort of progression with working in long-term healthcare and sort of like the sure. jobs uh, you've had and the, sort of the different positions that you've held and how that all kind of came to be? Certainly. So um, I, I actually started my, my path in senior living when I was 16 years old. Um, I was a high school student. I was looking for an after-school job. Um, they had this great shift that was from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. working in the dining room. And um, I was scared to death. I, I, this is not something I thought I would ever do. Um, you know, when I was picking out jobs, I figured I'd probably work at the mall. Um, but something led me to, to this position. So um, it's, I started, I was waiting tables, um, started building relationships with the residents right away and realized they had some really great stories and they're, they're really, they were really cool people. Um, so through those relationships, you know, I, I um, did that all through the rest of my high school career, kind of stepping up, you know, from a dining room server to a, a dining room coordinator. Um, and I, I went away to college and I thought I was done. I, so I put in my resignation and then I realized, no, I can come home on the weekends and I can still work here. So, um, so I did that. And all through college, um, I, was, I had many career goals and long-term care senior living was not anywhere on the spectrum. Um, I was studying to be a, a teacher. Um, I was going to be a pharmacist. I was talking about all these other things and senior living was never something that I thought I would do as a career, but, um, you know, continued working through college and everything. And then it dawned on me, if I get a degree in business, then I can apply that wherever I want to, whether it's going to be music, whether it's going to be senior living, wh wherever it's going to go. So that's, that's what I did. And upon graduating college, um, I continued working there and, um, I just, I loved it. And so I started doing activities with the residents, which was extremely rewarding. Um, from there, I also did maintenance um, where I was learning all the ins and outs of the building, turning over apartments. Um, and I'm not very mechanically inclined. So that was, that was interesting. It was a steep learning curve for me, but um, I, I really started doing all of, essentially all of the jobs that, that long-term care offered. Um, and then I set my sights on being an executive director. And that was, that was going to be my thing um, where I would manage this community. And my goal was to do it. I thought maybe when I was like 55 and then I was going to do that until I retired, but that was like the pinnacle and everything I did was going to be working towards that goal. And um, I went on and I, I did uh, sales and marketing for another company while I still worked part-time at, at my first community. Um, and I did uh, some business office stuff at another company as well, while I kept my foot in the door at my original community. And, um, and then I got a call that the administrator was taking a retirement and they wanted to know if I was interested in the, in the role. And I was 27 at the time. Um, and I believe from, from what I heard from a regulator in Maryland, um, that I was the youngest executive director of a senior living community in the state. And, um, which had its challenges, of course, but that, that just turned into to a beautiful career. And I stayed there for many more years. My grandmother actually moved in, became a resident. And, um, and I, I just, I really loved it. 
I had an opportunity to spread my wings and, you know, I wanted to continue to grow and learn in the field. Um, so I went to work for a competitor and um, worked in some great communities with them. Eventually, um, in addition to, to managing communities, I, I got into a consulting role, um, which was really interesting because my career goal was to positively impact as many seniors as possible. And that was always my focus, but I also loved studying about leadership. And in my consulting role, I was helping senior living communities with their resident satisfaction surveys and their employee engagement surveys and um, helping kind of help them improve those scores and you know build their employee engagement and make the residents happier. And I stumbled on a formula that that worked. And it's if you take care of your employees, your staff, they in turn are going to provide better care for your residents. And that became my mantra to really pour myself into developing the staff at every level of the organization um, so that they would then in turn provide better care because there's so many more of them, there was only one of me. So I could only do so much. And um and I really, really love that opportunity. Um, from there, I, I um, got to join a, a company in Pennsylvania as their regional director of operations, overseeing um, communities in, in a couple different states. And that was their core philosophy as well. Um, you know, that your primary customer is actually your employee. And if you take care of them, they in turn will take care of your residents. So, um, so that was a really exciting journey. Um, and then from there, in my current role, I work for the Pennsylvania Healthcare Association. Um, we do regulatory and legislative advocacy for the long-term care sector. Um, my specialty, of course, is in the uh, senior living, the personal care and assisted living, um, working with those with those um, members across the, the Commonwealth. Yeah, I, I think people are very familiar with, or at least have an idea of, you know, when they think of uh, long-term care facilities, they think of the, the AIDS and, and the other, um, you know, uh, other care positions that are providing like direct patient care, you know, right. working with the residents, you know, making sure that the residents are, are engaged in activities or getting their meals and, you know, kind of uh, making sure that they're staying active and those types of things. But, you know, I don't think people associate um, those facilities with careers that are more in sort of the business office managerial side. Can you talk about some of your daily, like as an executive director, what were some of your daily tasks and initiatives or things that you oversaw in that role? All right, uh, great question. Um, so I oversaw the budget, the finance, um, I would do insurance renewals, operational insurance, um, negotiating health insurance renewals for our employees, um, handled all the human resources functions, um, the, good, the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, uh, motivating, teaching, training, all of, all of those things fall. You're running, you're essentially the CEO of, of your business. And, you know, I've had communities where we've had 60 people on the team, and I've had communities where we've had over 200 on the team, um, just depending on the size. And you mentioned direct care, and, and direct care is a, a truly noble field, um, and it's, it's really the, the backbone of, of senior living. Um, but there are so many other jobs even just beyond that. And I filled in doing direct care, but that was never actually one of my roles, my primary roles. I was always involved in, in something else, whether it was in dietary or in the business office or 
or even the recreation, the activities. Um, so there's so many different paths that you can follow. And it's you, what I love about it is every day you get to make a difference in people's lives. You're directly, you're coming into their home, essentially. When they move into a community, that becomes their home and you're a guest in their home and you can take care of them um, and you can have fun with them and you can laugh with them and experience life with them. And it's just, it's just so rewarding. That's, that's what I love about it. And that's what keeps me motivated. Yeah, it it you're in that role. It seems like you're really you're taking care of the people who take care of the residents, right? So, mm-hmm. and it's you talked about that. You know, a happy staff makes for a ha- happy resident. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah so it, it you know you have to have the people that take care of your residents, but you have to have the people that take care of them too. So, um, and I think there's you know there's a lot of different roles within the long term care industry um, that you know might seem a little outside of the box or not sort of stereotypical of what you would think. Um, can you talk about the diff- diversity of career opportunities within long-term care? Certainly, certainly. Um, so I was touring a resident and their family one time and the resident, another resident came up and introduced themselves on the tour and the, the prospective resident said, well, how do you like it here? And she said, it's like living on a cruise ship. We just don't <laughs> leave the dock. And I thought, wow, it truly is a hospitality model. So everything mm-hmm. that you would do at a, at a resort, you can do here. Um, mm-hmm. So even taking just the business side out of it, if you're interested in cooking or, or serving, you know, working with food, you, you have a full scale restaurant there. Some, some communities have multiple dining rooms. They have bistros. So they have casual meals, they have buffets, um, you know, the, the options are endless. But when you think about working in food service, you often think about, well, there's really late hours. You're working till two o'clock or maybe three o'clock in the morning and then having to clean down the kitchen. This, this is predictable. You know exactly how much food to order. So you can focus your energy on being creative and cre- creating amazing meals, not worrying about how many, how many, uh, Tops are you going to serve on Friday night or Saturday night? Because you already know you have a captive customer base, and um, that's a challenge too. Because you know, if I have restaurants that I love, but if I ate there every day, three times a day, I'd eventually get tired of them. So <laughs> it challenges the food staff to to really stay on their toes and really keep raising that bar. Um, so that's that's that piece. Of course, we have housekeeping. We have um, maintenance for those people who are mechanically inclined, who who like to paint or like to repair things, electrical. Um, we would always, you know, I would try to to hire a diverse maintenance team, where someone is really proficient in plumbing, and someone else is really proficient in electrical. At the end of the day, they need to be a jack of all trades, and um, there are people who are really mechanically inclined to do those jobs, and they love it because they're again they're interacting with the residents. They're hearing these great stories. It's in a nice climate controlled environment. Um, you know, it's not, it's not loud. It's not noisy. Um, it's, it's not in most cases, you know, the communities I was in they're they're not very clinical feeling. They feel like you're on a cruise ship. And when you sit down in the dining room, you feel like you're in a, in a really nice four or five star restaurant. Um, 
but even from there, we mentioned a business office. If someone who is inclined to want to do accounting work, you know, you don't have to be a CPA to do accounting work and uh, payables and receivables. And this is a great opportunity. Senior living provides a great opportunity either to start a career in financial services or to make it a career in itself. Um, just because you, you're, you're running a business. It's, it's a business day in and day out. The tricky part of the business is it never closes. So there are no snow days. There mm -hmm. are no, um, you know, we have a hurricane, we're shut down for a week. It doesn't work that way. You, you stay open. So that provides you with opportunities to be creative. You know, how do we, how do we deal with these challenges? How do we promise continuity to our residents? regardless what comes our way. And that in itself is very exciting. Um, another role that is great, <clears throat> excuse me, for, for people who are interested in sales and marketing and business development, that's that's a whole other piece um, where, and I've done this job, my wife has done this job, and it's extremely rewarding when there are families that have a prospective resident that, that needs some assistance and they're looking to find the right place to move in, and you get to show them around. You're, you're a tour guide. You get to tell them all the wonderful benefits about living in this community and answer all their questions and be their liaison, and um, that can be extremely rewarding. I know in, in the case of my own family, my, my family was hesitant to move my grandmother when the time came into an assisted living community, um, despite the fact that I had you know worked there my entire professional career. Um, and within the first couple of days of her being there, I had each member of my family contact me and say, I wish we would have done this sooner. You know, this, was, this was the best move for, for your grandmother. She's loving it. And when you hear that, that it's just so rewarding. It's just, it's, words can't put it into, words can't describe it. And to be able to do that for, for hundreds of residents, um, that's an amazing feeling too. So that is a way to do business development and sales and marketing, but you're selling a, a service and a lifestyle. It's like selling real estate in a lot of ways too. Um, so that's a great a, a, a great position for someone who's inclined in that direction. It's a lot. A lot goes into it. A lot of behind the scenes. A lot. A lot. Goes into it. There's a, a lot, lot of behind the scenes. There's yeah. there's probably more non-clinical staff at a facility than a, than clinical staff almost, perhaps. Um, or about yeah, if, you, if you balance it out, I'd say it's probably about equal. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really, I, you know, you really do a student, I mean, a lot of people just focus in on that, you know, the nurse and the, the nursing assistant and the, maybe the resident, you know, the recreational therapist or something like that. Um, they think about mm -hmm. that, but there's so many other people that go into it to make the whole thing work, to make the ship run. <laughs> Um, Absolutely. So yeah, if you think about it in terms of a cruise ship or or a, um, a hotel, people who are who are interested in hospitality management might think, well, I'll work in a hotel. Well, here's another a completely other option that you probably haven't thought about, but is really similar. Um, some of these senior living communities have pools. Most of them have fitness centers. I mean, it it is um, like an extended stay hotel for a lot of people. Yeah, you know, and I think too, I think that's a common, I think that's a common misconception, right? Is that people have an idea of what these facilities are like, and then 
you know, they they finally sort of, uh, you know, the, the 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 resident, you know, moves in and sort of has that experience and they realize, oh, this is not just a place where I sort of go to ride out the, the end of my days. It's like, it's, it's like a cruise ship. It's like a, a cruise ship that's not on the sea. And that's, that's kind of, I think, is, is that one of the more difficult parts, I think, of, of like when you were working in sales and you were working in that part um, and the marketing part, is, was that sort of hard to convince potential residents that, no, it's not exactly what you think it is. It's, it's way, way more than, than just a place to go to sort of see out the end of the days. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, so it's difficult on the phone, but once they come to the community and they see the life, um, it's, it's very easy to recognize. There's, there's a tremendous amount of freedom in, in making this move. And I know a lot of people, the first gut instinct is, well, I don't want to leave my house. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to move into this place with these older people, you know, mm -hmm. and, and we hear that all the time. Yeah. But what you don't realize is as people start experiencing either cognitive or, or some physical limitations, not a whole lot of houses have a, a master bathroom on the first floor. So there's mm -hmm. stairs involved. You, you don't have to be at the end of things to appreciate not ever having to go up a flight of stairs again. Right. Yeah. Um, the idea of it's, it's great. You have a house with a kitchen, but now you have to go grocery shopping. I personally don't care for grocery shopping. This, this guarantees you don't ever have to go grocery shopping. If you don't want to, of course, if you want to, you certainly can. Um, but the idea of having your meals prepared, having your lawn automatically cut, not having to worry when it snows, who's going to shovel your driveway gives you an immense amount of freedom to, to do the things that you actually enjoy doing. And once people see that and they see people who, who are unencumbered by the, the home ownership and, and all that comes along with that, they can just be and be in a nice community of their peers. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. And like I said, once they get in the door, usually they're able to see it. Have you um, have you encountered anything like during the, the hiring process where um, a potential employee had some kind of misconception? Or, I'm sorry. That's all right. No worries. Had some kind of like misconception or, or um, you know, operating with like sort of a, some myths about what a career in long term care is like. I think I think a lot of people when they apply for a job, they have misconceptions and they think that um, they're not going to see that the, they're, they're surprised when they see the energy of, of the residents and the folks and the idea of, of really being able to make that difference, having that purposeful work, um, you know, being able to, to see that in person, you can watch people's eyes light up sometimes when you're, you know, on the interview and taking them on a little tour, um, it, and that's an amazing thing as well. They, they weren't quite sure what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, and then they come in and they say, wow, this is, this is really nice. It's not just a bunch of long hauls. This is beautiful. And what a nice environment for them to work in, to bring their skills in, to help other people. Mm -hmm. What do you look for? Like what makes a good employee then? You know, like... mm -hmm. That's a great question. And that's, that's really difficult. Um, 
what I can tell you is it's always been my philosophy to hire the right personality because we can teach them the skills. We can teach them how to set a table. We can teach them how to serve. We can teach them how to assist the resident, um, you know, with maybe getting dressed or, um, you know, how to, to help them get into a vehicle. We can teach all of that, but it's that innate personality, um, the desire to want to help people uh, that really makes someone a cultural fit. And culture is everything because, like I said, this is, you know, it's a 24 7 um, operation. This is the resident's home. And um, that, the culture is, the culture is everything. We can, we can teach the rest, but you can't teach personality. Yeah, what, I think even you... using your story as a model there, I mean, you can really start at the bottom, you know, mm -hmm. as a host and then work your way all the way up to, you know, executive director. Um, and in part because, you know, a lot of these facilities do tuition reimbursement. So if they, you know, you could do, you, they, you, when you say you can train the people to do the job, you actually can train them and you could, is, you know, you can send Absolutely. them back to school to get an LPN, you know, to get trained as a certified nursing assistant too. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing that, that was really nice for me, it was, it was a, a gift for me um, starting when I did in the roles that I did was when I, when I became an executive director, when I became a, a regional operations director, I had done all of those jobs. I know what they entailed. So I knew what I was asking of people and I knew where the challenges would be so I could help them ahead of time say like I know this might be difficult so try this way and um, you know I, I think that's why we were always able to have such successful teams. Can you talk a little bit more I get in detail about when you say you're looking for that uh, that that typical personality or, or that that sort of set the bar personality where it's, it's somebody who has a service mindset how does that like if I'm a student sitting here, how do I know if I have the kind of personality that you're looking for? Like, what are some of the ways that it manifests itself? Um, empathy, empathy is number one. I think caring about people and like actually genuinely caring about them. Um, I think that's one. I think emotional intelligence, being self-aware, um, how you how you come across, um, being able to handle criticism. And you know, be in the mindset of always learning. These these residents, they they've lived through things that we can't even mm -hmm. we can't even imagine. And um, you know, being in that constant learning environment when you're taking care of a veteran, um, when when you come to work, if you think you're having a bad day, think of some of the days that they've experienced, and and learn from those. Um, so it, that that empathy is. It's, it's critical. I mean, it's just, it's just so necessary. This isn't a, a task-based job. This is, it's, it's emotionally taxing. Um, sometimes it can be physically taxing as well. It, it, it really works with the whole person. You, you bring your whole self to work. Awesome. Uh, do we want to talk about entry-level jobs? I mean, I think we probably have people were, you know, students listening to this thinking, okay, I mean, I'd like to give this a shot or it, this, I've, I feel like I have that type of personality. Maybe I could sort of replicate what, what you've done, Kevin, and, and try to, you know, build a career within this industry. 
what are some of those entry level jobs that that our students potentially could uh, find themselves in when they want to enter the workforce here after graduation? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, starting like I did in, in the dining room is a fantastic opportunity um, because it taught me people skills. I was so shy. I wouldn't talk to people. Um, and it taught me how, how to interact with people. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to wait on tables in the dining room my whole life. That's not where my career was, was where I wanted my career to go. Um, but it, it taught me, it, it taught me, um, you know, just, just how to work with the people. And then I got to see what was open in front of that. Of, of course, um, you know, there's, there's direct care jobs that are, are in abundance right now. Um, there's a huge need for people just to go in and, and really help work directly with the residents. I like the idea of starting there. Um, perhaps there's an internship, you know, um, working, people are getting creative with attracting people to the field because there are so many misconceptions. Um, that's another great opportunity. But the idea of, of having a job where you can work after school and on weekends, it's fantastic. Um, that way they can continue going to school for whatever it is that they wanna pursue. Um, so it's it's, for people who want a career in senior living, it's great. For people who don't want a career in senior living or don't think they do, it's it's great as well. There there's so many opportunities. And I think, you know, a lot of places do volunteering as well. Can you talk about that? Oh, you know what? That's a great idea. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, volunteering is fantastic. If you have a special talent, um, whether it's music or art. Volunteering to go in for, for an hour or two um, intermittently, that is a fantastic way to get to know the residents. It's so much fun. It's directly, directly rewarding. Um, and if you don't have those kinds of talents, going in and playing games. The, one of my favorite things to do was a men's club where it was just a bunch of guys sitting together and we'd play poker and we would just <laughs> talk about things. And you know, there are days where I would just be like, you know, I come home from work and someone say, well, what'd you do at work today? I'm like, I had the best poker game today. I learned so much about World War II and, you know, all of these things. <laughs> who, who gets paid to do that? You know, mm -hmm. um, so what a great opportunity. And so, right. So starting off with volunteering like that is a, is a prime example. I'm really glad you brought that up. There's always opportunities, always opportunities for them. Yeah, I remember visiting my my great grandfather, and and you know we'd play cards and stuff like that. That was always, uh, it was always fun uh, to go in and sort of, and then you you know sort of talk to some of the other residents and kind of sit around the table, and you would hear stories about things that you couldn't even like picture in your own mind, like some of the places they'd been and experiences they've oh, yeah. had. And I remember talking to people about living through the Great Depression. And, and sort of what that experience was like and um, how they actually, uh, some of them really enjoyed it and, and, and loved it. They actually kind of yearned for those times again. Uh, things were a little simpler. Oh, yeah. It was kind of weird to think that like during the Great Depression, you actually had a great time. I think it's kind of maybe similar to what some people are experiencing now with, you know, um, you know with, with what we're dealing with currently is, you know, a lot, a lot of the more family time together and those types of things. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was always great to sort of hear the stories. I, I'm a big, I want to hear the stories. I want to hear about experiences. I, I sort of, I've never been there. So 
to hear from people who had actually been to these places and seen these things and done these, done these things. It was, it, it was sort of fun to sort of experience that through just through a conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, so sort of wrapping this up, if, if we have, we have students now that obviously are, you know, in that, you know, nine, 10, 11, 12, uh, grade levels um, that are thinking about their careers, thinking about you know making a choice uh, which direction to go, um, sort of what area or industry they want to focus on. What are some things that you would tell them, uh, or that you would like them to know about long-term care that maybe you wish somebody would have told you when you were 16, 17 years old? I think for me. I didn't realize what, how important purposeful work is to your overall happiness. And we constantly hear people talk about work-life balance and, you know, that's not eight hours of work and eight hours at home. There's, there's an integration to it. Um, and I'm sure you all are aware of that. Um, but when you can actually take your skills and your passions and align them to help other people, it is, it is so rewarding um the and the sky's the sky's the limit as far as opportunities go um there there are opportunities at every step anything that you want to accomplish i believe you can do um you know even we, we're talking we, we missed a couple of things that I, I failed to mention but you know some of our folks on on our phda team are, are really involved in policy and legislation, people who are interested in, in politics. Um, the idea that the baby boomer generation is coming of age, and we talk about the silver tsunami, especially here in Pennsylvania, there's, there's a tremendous amount of work that we need to do to prepare ourselves for the future, for the, the generations as they get older. Um, opportunities like that just, I would say if you have a if you have a passion and you want to make a difference, look look into senior living to see where you could apply those, where you can plug them in, because I guarantee you will find a, a place. I have a, a good friend who's a financial analyst, and her her role is data and analyzing um, for new communities and um, all of that. So it, the sky's the limit. It really is. Awesome. Ian, anything you want to add to wrap up? I was just going to say, is there any um, good resources you might direct students to kind of, you know, who are interested in learning more or just to kind of find out a little bit more about the industry as a whole? Sure. I think, um, you know, the, the associations are a great resource. Um, Pennsylvania Healthcare Association, I, I would actually encourage if anybody wants to talk about careers in senior living or has questions, I would ask that you send them my way. I would I would love to talk to to students. Um, I think visiting one of your local communities, um, you know, visitation's been a little difficult recently, but that's been opening up more and more. Um, so I think that there's plenty of opportunities for that. Just to go in and experience it. Just say, hey, I want to take a tour. I want to see how I how I fit in. Um, the the technologies that you can experience that's another area um, you know to, to improve living situations for older adults um, technology as well so um, they want to leave that part out 
but I would say just go go to a community, talk to people who are in the field, and and reach out to your associations like PHCA, and um, you know we can even get you in contact with with providers who would be more than happy to to take students on a tour, um, you know, and introduce them to what their community has to offer. Uh, so if you're interested in finding out about those opportunities or taking advantage of those resources, find the link in the, in the description below the video and you should be able to sort of look around and see what's available. Um, Kevin, we really appreciate you coming in um, and, and doing the podcast with us. A lot of great information. I really liked your message there at the end about, you know, sort of finding something you're passionate about and having, you know, meaningful work and feeling like what you're doing is making some kind of difference within, within a community is um, something that I think is is valuable and does provide overall, you know, better better job satisfaction for people. So um, I know it's something that Ian and I and, and our, our team here at the Innovative Programs, when we're talking with students, you know, that's part of the discussion is, um, you know, how am I making a difference or what impact am I having or, um, you know, it, does this job sort of satisfy something within me that I feel a need to do um, and a calling to do. So we really appreciate that message and I think it's something that will connect with students. So we really appreciate your time. Thank you for coming in, um, you know, and, and we'll see everybody on the next episode. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. No problem.